I've healed spiritually and emotionally, but the physical still eludes me. So I've still got some more work to do. But cruel diagnosis is basically because um, if people who have autism in their families and chronic illness in their families, they end up um, being told all the time that it's all in your head. Welcome to Into the Light Podcast. This is where we will be discussing and exploring all things Ascension. Ascension journey, Ascension journey mapping, and understanding how we can deepen and increase our spiritual and healing journey, along with understanding concepts around the global consciousness awakening that's happening, quantum energy healing, personal growth and enlightenment, trauma healing, and so much more as we learn together from experts in the field. I'm your host, Adina Movana, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Into the Light. I'm your host, Adina Movana. Today we have Deanne Hampton. Deanne is a mother, wife, and musician. She has a harrowing life experience with all kinds of mystery illnesses, and she's the author of the book, Cruel Diagnosis. Deanne aims to create new paradigms to replace outdated ones that fail the autism communities by changing the way people think about autism spectrum disorder, its roots, causes, and uh, behavioral triggers. So autism and uh, Deanne is here to talk about all things empowerment around the issues of autism awareness. So I'm so glad to have you here, Deanne. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah. um, Well, I'm just excited because you and I have been in touch for a few months now and uh, everything that I know about you kind of stemmed from uh, your book, Cruel Diagnosis. And I, we were, we were in a media summit together and I started hearing all about your, your book and the work you're doing. You have a nonprofit, you're doing all kinds of things in this cause for autism. And, and for me, uh, you know, I have a personal interest just because You know, a lot of us have friends and family members that are neurodivergent and what does that really mean and how do we prevent it or like help, uh, you know, mitigate some of the symptoms. So uh, I'm just so excited to talk to you today a little bit about, you know, raising awareness about these important topics. (laughs) So tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit about the book. Um, Obviously, Cruel Diagnosis is the title. And I know, um, just personally, you have experienced a lot of issues and things with autism in, in your life. Is that right? Yes. And I was, I was given the idea for Cruel Diagnosis, even for the title, through, uh, my spiritual work that I was doing. I've healed spiritually and emotionally, but the physical still eludes me. So I've still got some more work to do. But cruel diagnosis is basically because um, people who have autism in their families and chronic illness in their families, they end up um, being told all the time that it's all in your head. I, I was told that it was all in my head and I ended up with the precursors that led to my children developing autism. And what was most sad about that is the fact that we were given the diagnoses of ADHD, Tourette syndrome, and OCD. 
instead of being given the true diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. They didn't, I guess maybe they didn't know it back then or what have you, but it made life very difficult for us because we had expectations of our children that they could not meet. And we were told to have expectations of our children that they could not meet with our, uh, you know, traditional parenting styles. So what I want to do is I want to help, you know, because it's a growing community. The autism community is a growing community and more and more children are being diagnosed as autistic, which is now called neurodivergent or neurodiverse. Um, and that's by the people who have had autism, you know, and so right. they, they want to be thought of as something different than just someone who just went inside of themselves for no reason and, and, you know, couldn't communicate and things like that. So, um, mm. I understand that perfectly because both of my children feel that way as well. So just, I wrote cruel diagnosis to give the, uh, the backstory to, how, um, how, more and more children are uh, being diagnosed with with autism mm -hmm. uh, and what can be done what can be done for them uh, earlier during their formative years between the ages of zero and six right so we're seeing an increase in number of the diagnosis and so it's obviously becoming more of a, an issue of awareness and um you know i was i became interested in the the difference you mentioned when it's it went from being called like a, you know, autism or ADHD or having like these problems to then uh, being called, you know, neurodivergence or uh, like, it's almost like even your there's, you know, it's a superpower in some ways, high intelligence. And so it's, it seems like the narrative around the diagnosis is shifted, right? A little bit like what you said. And I'm curious, when does, when do these neurodivergent things become, start having like real negative, um, I don't know, problems for children. It, like what's the line between, oh, I'm neurodivergent in a healthy way versus, oh, there's worsening symptoms of like ADHD and problematic behavior. Because in theory, the way I understand neurodivergence is just another way the brain is wired versus like neurotypical wiring, right? Is that accurate? It is, but the, that wiring is, mm -hmm. is definitely, um, it ends up being affected and uh, develops from certain exposures, mm, certain mm -hmm. exposures to trauma, certain mm -hmm. exposures to chemicals that the body cannot handle. And they end up basically developing what I would call, uh, or what I do call uh, post-traumatic stress injuries. And, you know, you can't see chemicals that are in your midst and they're all over. And if you're, if you have an allergy or if you're sensitive to those chemicals, then you're going to feel weird. You're going to feel like you've been drugged or something and dizzy and all of that stuff. And nobody else is going to notice that, you know, you're too young. You're, you're just a child. So you can't express what is happening to you internally. And the way that I know that is because I had a reaction uh, when I was in the third grade, when I was just a child. And um, it took me years and years and years to figure out that what happened to me, I changed. I was basically a different person and I had super allergies and I had, had all kinds of, of issues. And all of a sudden I was being picked on and I did weird things. I just really did. I did weird things in school. So I was being picked on, but I had no way to express it. And so nobody else noticed those changes in me. And mm -hmm. it took me years to figure out how how I had changed and why. 
And it was because mm -hmm. I was exposed to something that, that I was allergic to, or that I was uh, sensitive to. Wow. Yeah. And, so and, that and they call autism sensory, you know, for a reason. It's because all of your senses, are, they, they act differently that you may not be able to hear things clearly because your nerve, ner your nerve, uh, your auditory nerves are affected or mm. your ocular nerves may be affected. And so, you know, you have those issues and, and that's why uh, I mention um, Helen Keller and the miracle worker, her, her miracle worker, Ann Sullivan, because if, if that woman had not had the patience to teach her, she, you know, she didn't understand the world around her. And so she had her, her teacher, her beloved teacher, help her uh, learn how to communicate. And, and she had thoughts in her head that she was able to get out through that communication that she didn't have before. And that's what kids with autism, all kids with autism really need. And wow. they can be helped. Right. So, so what, what I heard you describe is LHST being highly sensitive, right? So um, I've heard that term thrown around a, a little bit as well. And, but it sounds like, so what you're saying is external factors like chemicals in the environment, maybe vaccines. I've heard, uh, you know, things like that are injected into our system as well as trauma, you, you know, like you mentioned uh, traumatic events and experiencing like PTSD and things like that can have an effect where they're worsening or making all the symptoms more severe, right? And then we have to, like, he, you know, certain healing things have to occur either maybe like nutritionally or with how do we start, you said, preventing it in the children? How do we feed them different foods or what do we end up doing at that point if we know that they, like there's worse, worse symptoms? Exactly. Well, what I did was is I, I went on to uh, Facebook groups. There are lots mm -hmm. of Facebook groups uh, for families, family members, parents, grandparents, things like that, who are saying, you know, I don't know, we don't know what to do for our autistic child or grandchild. And they, they talk a lot about how, you know, uh, we've gone without sleep for days, you know, can't get them to go to sleep won't eat anything or won't eat anything except specific foods that are really, yeah. you know, not the best uh, and things like that. And so what I discovered um, through all of my research and through my experiences with my own children and then my grandchild, my grandchild is that the autism diagnosis really stems from the development of eating, sleeping, and behavioral disorders that are that they're not addressed early enough when our kids uh, were affected we were told that they had to wait until they were six years old but then they medicated them and um, we found out the hard way that a lifetime of medication is not good for a person who cannot metabolize them correctly and uh, since they have uh, mitochondrial disorders uh, then that means that they they uh, can't clean up toxins. Their bodies cannot clean up toxins the way that that neurotypical people's uh, systems can. Oh, interesting. And they also have they also as a result they also have sluggish immune systems as well that that may be hit and miss. Uh, they're they're immodulated is what they call their immune systems. Interesting. So, so there's yeah. lots of different factors, lots of different different contributors. Um, that result in in the you know the advanced diagnosis of of uh, autism spectrum disorder.
And it sounds like um, there's a lot of support groups for parents that are thinking about different ways to heal, like that, that aren't just that immediate, like, okay, the kid's six years old, let's put them on medication for the rest of their life. That's not a good solution, right? right. <laughs> oh right. my gosh. Oh yeah. So um, do you write about different things that uh, would help? Like, um, I don't know, what are the main dietary, like what are the main modalities of, of healing these symptoms? Yeah. Well, what I did with my grandson is I, I tried out different uh, products and services on myself first. Mm. And um, if I found them safe for myself, then I found them safe for him. And I used, I utilized a, uh, a liquid supplement that came from uh, Dr. Zach Bush called Ion Intelligence of Nature Liquid Supplement. And what it is, is it is just these wonderful trace minerals that are missing from the diets of children with autism. And uh, it, it even helped my grandson with pica. Do you know what pica is? It's a, yeah, I know it's nutrient deficient, right? But they're yeah. salt or something. Oh, they want to eat yeah. things that are in their mouth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they want to eat rocks, marbles, Lead. Yeah. Know, sand mm -hmm. and, and other things as well. And so it's just like, um, and what's happening is, is their body is telling them that they need certain minerals. Well, these minerals help solve that. They, they help solve that for my grandson. And oh. then, uh, I was able to uh, utilize the ion as well as uh, Brain Harmony, which uh, the Brain Harmony headphones with frequency on them, they're to be done in, in correlation with uh, physical therapy. And yeah. so I did that at home with my son and I used those Brain Harmony headphones and I could not believe the difference that they made. Um, over a little bit of time, he stopped putting his hands on his ears. He stopped being so sensitive and they literally helped heal his auditory nerves. So I really want to be able to push these two products. And if people can't afford them, I want to help them do that too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a wonderful. And you're also trying, are you trying to like raise awareness. So you want to help families so that they can access these tools and these different, you know, like they just don't, it sounds like a lot of people just aren't aware of options that are out there to other than what's what the doctor's office is giving them. Is that right? Right. Yes. Um, so I put it on, I put it on my uh, website that um, yeah. I am, have uh, partnered with open collective foundation and they are running a nonprofit for me, which is open for funding. And um, people can uh, put funding in there. And then what I intend to do is make uh, short informational videos for parents to be able to get on that website and, and see exactly what they need to do in the moment and, uh, and take care of their child. I have a dream to, to hire single parents who are dealing with raising children with autism on the spectrum so that they can they can be paid to use these products at home and then bring them bring the knowledge of them out into their communities and bring the informational videos out into their communities as well and help other parents in their community oh, that's and 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 that's a great idea because um whenever someone refers you a product or service, you're much more likely to do it. It's a personal connection. And, and then if you can also 
uh, yeah, help help build if, like if you can witness the, the results. Yeah, if you can witness the results in your own child, and then witness the results in somebody else's child. That that's so rewarding. Right. So, have you seen people be able to avoid uh, like taking a lot of medication, and like maybe where they where they are able to give their children less and less of the medicines and more and more of this, these holistic things, and then they get off medicine entirely. Is that something that you've seen before? Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I took myself off of medicine, um, uh, in 2012 and it was daunting. I'm not going to say that, that someone should just stop their medicine medication, cold right. Turkey, because that's right. never a good idea because they can end up going through severe withdrawals. Right. So they need to be able to, um, find support, uh, and, uh, help in doing, in, in doing that at any time. But I believe, I just have this belief that our, uh, our systems are coming around to the idea that um, lifetime of medication is, is just not a good idea. So yeah. um, I'm hoping that uh, uh, doctors and, and clinicians and, and nurses and everybody like that will, will uh, want to be trained to with this knowledge so that they can know uh, specifically how not to over-medicate uh, these kids because they cannot process them, process them out of their bodies normally. Right. And so um, that's where you have your, 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 your cause, which is like, this is a failing, the, it's, it's failing families, right? The medical paradigm is failing in, in these ways. Um, so tell me a little bit about that, the autism task force, what exactly uh, are, is it doing now? And then, yeah, how did, how are you, how are you making that that whole uh, initiative go, I, I think I've heard you say like into, you know, households across the country awareness campaigns for, for the, for these issues. So tell me a little bit about that, that task force. <laughs> well, autism task force is um, the LLC and it is a, uh, a for-profit uh, company and it basically will um, hold the book. It will also hold my speaking engagements and question and answers if I'm on a panel or something like that. And I'll also hold any, any uh, training that I do for other people. And what, what we're doing is, is the separate issue is with, uh, with Open Collective. Uh, that campaign is called a kind of direct, a different kind of dispensary. Oh, um, I love that. Because basically, <laughs> basically it's, it's dispensing, you know, information, it's dispensing whatever we end up coming up with that is helpful and, and supportive of families and that we can raise money for and be able to, you know, give them access to, to all of it for like maybe a small membership price or something like that. So, yeah. So more, so, and that's like going to be the, the nonprofit work that, that all of this will do when it ties together for, for these causes. So yeah, right. that makes sense. Amazing. <laughs> Great. Well, so, um, you know, it sounds like you have so much knowledge, firsthand experience dealing with this. Um, can you tell me a little bit, because I know in the bio, we were talking a little bit of these mystery illnesses and your personal life story with, with some of these things. Like, can you tell me a little bit about like what, what brought you uh, just in your own experience, and I know you mentioned like you healed healed some of these things. So how how bad was this before you started implementing some of these holistic techniques and all of that? Uh, well, I didn't realize how badly trauma affected people like us, very sensitive mm -hmm. people. And I've always been a highly sensitive person. 
And uh, when I was younger, yeah, probably until I became, uh, well, until I got married and had children, I, I had just this deep compassion for anybody and everybody. I was a pushover for anybody who had a sob story. You know, I always wanted to help and I always wanted to, to really take care of other people, you know, it seemed to be my calling. (laughs) So, um, when I got married and had, we had our children, we had twins and it was a complicated pregnancy and it was a very complicated birth. And, um, I nearly lost lost my life. And so we were very traumatized. My husband and I were both very traumatized, but we didn't understand that PTSD arises out of that or, you know, PTSI arises Mm -hmm. out of that. So we were dealing with all of that. And so our, our lives were rocky, you know, to begin with, and then, uh, you know, our life together. And then we added the, the twins and they were wonderful up until a certain night um when they turned turned around like overnight to where they were just um we lost eye contact uh they were inconsolable that night and everything like that so we were we were outmatched <laughs> we didn't know what to do for our children all of a sudden and they what did happened? develop those well what? they they had the MMR oh okay so that MMR and and people people want to uh, deny that, and they want to say that we're we're you know we just misremember or what have you. But um, it was very clear because it was very traumatic for us as well for them to be injured because they they were just they were just great before then. You know, slept, ate, and behaved just wonderfully, and then all of a the sudden they just didn't and couldn't. And so we took our daughter to a uh, my psychologist and he just said get tough get tough with her and it wasn't the right thing and then he also told us to ignore her when she was attention seeking and mm. that wasn't right either because then she had just talked to me about it recently our, our twins are 35 years old now and she said no you have to understand something i felt abandoned create more trauma trauma on top of just worsening yeah. so right wow so how how old was that was were your your kids when they got that 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 shit that mmr uh vaccine and that happened they were they were 15 months almost 16 months oh they are, they're they're little so also because you know it, it's the bodies are very young and small so that's hard on their system in some ways right yeah um yeah my my Part of my thing too is, is the fact that I know that autism is not directly caused by the vaccines. And the way that I know that is because if it was, all children would have autism. All children who had the vaccines would have autism. So there has to be something else there that makes certain children susceptible. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, that's generational trauma. And that's Mm -hmm. also... um, uh, generational exposures to trauma and chem- chemicals and things like that. Wow. So generational trauma is making children perhaps more susceptible to negative. I think it's called vaccine injury. Is that right? That I think you heard when they were, so that's where people, yes. so, so what, it, what exactly is 
is that vaccine in? Because you're saying, because I've heard that, well, the, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, I made decisions to vaccinate my children personally. And it was like, well, the vaccine doesn't cause the autism. It's been proven, but then it's like, but it, but the, the children who are trauma, like you said, generational, they're, or, or HSP highly sensitive, they are perhaps more susceptible. Is that, is that how the vaccine injury actually works? Yes, I believe so. I believe it's uh, mitochondrial disorders are formed in those in those adults who go through those traumas or go through those uh, those chemical reactions and things like that, and and those mitochondrial disorders, I believe, are are passed down. So wow, yeah, yeah. Oh, mitochondrial that comes from the mother, right? I've heard like the mitochondrial DNA or something like that. Um, so. Okay. Cause how, yeah. Cause I, I know that some people will have higher chances of having like a child with autism. Is that correct? What are, okay. So are those also some of the same factors that then have high, higher probability of having like vaccine injury? I believe so. Yes. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you, if you don't, if you have, don't have the mitochondrial support that you should have, even as a baby, as a child, um, you know, you're not going to be able to metabolize those, any toxins that you're exposed to. And, you know, I mean, frankly, we're exposed to toxins everywhere through so our water, toxins. our soil, our food. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this is also, um, you know, we want to detox from, you said <laughs> our bodies are just surrounded by so many toxins. So, you know, I heard personally that, you know, we can detox through nutrition and things like that as well. So, um, yeah, it makes sense, especially when you're feeding your kids, um, just to, to be aware of which are you like, just also creating a lot of awareness around which foods to feed them and which foods not to, oh, I've heard, uh, colored dye and things like that. Is, is that, is that also part of yes. the, these problems? Yeah, most certainly is. Yes. Any, anything that has, um, regular food coloring in it, um, you should switch really switch to a vegetable food coloring, which they have now, which is safe for everybody because it's derived from vegetables and fruits. So uh, that's that's what we need to do. We really need to be able to switch all of that over. How easy that will be to do, I, I'm not sure. But people yeah. do need to be aware of those reactions. Absolutely. Because they do cause, uh, um, I, for my kids, yellow food coloring specifically caused them uh, behavioral issues and uh, hyperactivity. And my husband's twin brother, his uh, trigger was, was red food coloring. So wow, everyone's wow. a little bit different. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, I didn't know a lot of this, so it's, it's great awareness. I love that we're bringing, you know, all this information out and, and, and linking it to things that I had never thought of, like, you know, your generational trauma or, you know, things like that, that can increase these, these factors of vaccine injury. So um, you know, this is so important and I'm, I'm really glad you're spreading awareness. So um, yeah, I, I want to let people know about the book and, you know, maybe where they can find you if they want to learn more or maybe, uh, you know, get involved in some of your nonprofit work or anything like that. So where's the best way if our listeners are really interested in, and, and also just getting more, more information, like, uh, like what to do, what to not do, where do people go to find you and find more information on this topic? Well, I can be found at deannehampton.com. Yeah. So okay. that's simple. I can also be found at crueldiagnosis.com. They both mm-hmm. go to the same website, but one might be easier to remember than the other. I don't know. <laughs> is the book on Amazon or, or is it available or was it, is it just final publications? 
It's not yet available, but I do have on, on my website a pre-order form where people oh, can get on there and give me their information. And as soon as I have that information, and I'm also seeking, you know, people to uh, be pre-readers for my soft launch. And so, uh, you know, I hope I get some some good people who are, who are willing to, to yeah. do that for me. Awesome. Yeah. And I just think um, going in and getting involved with uh, all the awareness work you're doing and starting to get together um, you know, to be part of the, the task force. And uh, yeah, I just, I think it's amazing to help get, get, get all of this out to the public. So uh, I love the work you're doing. Any final words or things you'd like to share with listeners who, uh, you know, want to basically like find any, any resources more in this area or think words of wisdom that you want to share with us? Mainly since you're all about spirituality, that's what I would like to talk about a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'd like to tell a little story about what happened. Uh, my son ended up in kidney failure at age 25 and the hospital didn't treat him well. They thought he had done something to himself, which he didn't. And after the fact, he after, after seven weeks of him being in the hospital, uh, we split up. All of us just went off in different directions and I didn't, didn't know what was happening, but I took some time to myself and started researching and found out that that's what happens with trauma. You know, families are literally splintered apart and spread to the winds because of, of trauma. So um, I ended up, um, it was really strange because I, I ended up getting a, uh, a message from one of my friends on Facebook and it was about clearing the pineal. And mm. that's where I got started. And I stopped, uh, stopped using fluoride I stopped using aluminum and things like that and things I, I, I got clarity and when I got clarity a wave of empathy came over me because I started understanding exactly the lives that my children have had to live dealing with um, undiagnosed autism and I it all of a sudden hit me that we are all consciousness that God is consciousness and that God is love. And all three of those go together. Right. <laughs> when I discovered that, everybody else around me thought I was a weirdo because I've I've never been really religious, but I I have always believed in a higher power of some mm. sort, some positive force or something. <laughs> right. So it's like so, this, so it's a spiritual, I, I know like spiritually aligned mission you have here, right? Are you um, yeah, just connect, maybe Absolutely. helping, helping, helping humanity on the spiritual level, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. I, I didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to sit down and, and, uh, and write out my, my draft for my book, but mm. it became something that I've had to do. It became compulsory. And so I sat down and I, I wrote my draft in 30 days. Oh, wow. So, yeah. You were like, it was like a, do you feel like it was being channeled or having like, you know, just a lot of it, awareness just came to you or how did you end up doing that so quickly? Yes. Just all of a sudden I, I quit saying no, basically to my own conscience or, or God or universe or whatever was, was, uh, has been pushing me along and guiding me this whole way, you know, um, things just open up open up when they're meant to and I just follow along so it's been quite the journey 
I love that. Yes. And it's part of the, the awakening process. Like you mentioned, I feel like uh, you know, talk about ascension in my work and uh, things that are happening right now on, on a, uh, just with the energy coming, coming into the, the universe and the spiritual awakening of uh, humanity. So um, this is all, this is all happening and we're all being activated in these ways on the topics that, that we're passionate about. That's kind of like our, our heart calling to help fix, right? <laughs> yes, we're rising. We're rising. <laughs> we're rising. I love it. I love it. So we're going to keep rising. And yeah, I, I certainly I follow, follow the work that you feel drawn to, that you want to do every day, that makes you uh, want to create change and better improvement of humanity. I love it. It's, this is, this is what we're here for. And um yeah, you bring so much of that with with this cause <laughs> and these awareness. So I'm so excited that we can we can get you get get the get this going, get you launched, and uh, yeah, get it all up and running. It's amazing, Deanne. I'm so glad that that we're here. <laughs> oh, I am too. Thank you so very much for having me. And um, like I said, you're, you're my you're my first uh, first venture out into the podcast world, and I'm just so looking forward oh, to doing wow. more and. And I'm looking forward to working with you more too. Awesome. Uh, me too. And um, I love that uh, we're here on this journey together and um, creating change. So, um, you know, for all of our listeners, I uh, hope hopefully I'll, I'll, we'll get you the book. We'll get you the links under this episode. And uh, also any information about Deanne, we go to her website. It's newly launched. I'll have that link to this episode as well as all of my links. So yeah, thank you so much, Deanne. It was great having you today. And we, we create awareness around this and, uh, and we all are going into Ascension together. <laughs> thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Please share your biggest takeaway with me via our community. For new listeners, thank you for tuning in. I invite anyone to explore the resources, links, and show notes available on my website, www.adinamovana.com. If a topic or discussion piqued your curiosity or interest today during the show, you can easily find it there at that website. And if you have any specific topics you would like me to cover, feel free to email me at em at adinamovana.com. Thank you again for joining me today, and I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Into the Light.